This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. Possible new intern Sarah Jane still hanging out with us. Here we are in the Red Diamond Coffee and Tea Studio, and this is Dr. Mark Westfall joining us now. He does that once a month, and we talk about, um, you know, psychiatry stuff, stuff, stuff. about your brain. Behavior and stuff. This one came up off the air last month. I thought it was really interesting, the stuff you said about it, and it's been heavy in the news with Larry Nasser. And uh, now, you know, I do a What's Wrong Alabama, What's Right Alabama every morning yeah. on the show, and the other day... I just, going through stories, news stories, I stopped at three. I don't know if there are more than that, but I stopped at three stories on the main page of Ale.com about child pornography or um, child sexual abuse. I was like, all right, enough. At three, I'm not going to read any further. And I was like, look, this is what's wrong. We're not going to go into it now, but we will go into it on No Brother. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And the theme is, what can you as a listener do to help prevent the next Larry Nasser? So, Dr. Westfall, get us started. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks for you guys and your willingness to talk about this. Uh, I mean, I called sure. you, you know, uh, last week and said, you know, this is obviously a really big issue in the media, and so it's a it's an opportunity to um, educate people, and you know, that's what I love to try to do. And you were, I mean, without hesitation, yep, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay, it's not too heavy? No, let's do it. I'm like, that's that's why I like you guys. Well, you know, I there mean, was a time, we talked about this, I think, before, but there was a time when Reed and I started doing some different stuff and moving to, we did the SCC Network stuff for a while, and I started doing the morning show, and I was like, do we do O Brothers still? Do we still want to do that show? And this is honestly the reason we decided to do it was because there are topics that we think are important that need to be talked about, like Alex, story, her story with DACA, right, um, right. and this story that we're about to do. And we just thought, like, well, we don't have another platform for that. And that's also why we never just went straight sports when we started doing, like, satirical sports stuff. We thought, no, we don't put ourselves in a corner because what if something comes up that we want to talk about? Yeah. And here we are. Cool. And here we are. So, I mean, I think most listeners are probably aware, unless you've just been, like, living without any media, that the Larry Nasser, uh gymnastics physician uh, and the whole story of the – over whatever 200 people now that have 250 is what i heard today you know of girls um uh that he molested and so i thought you know i mean i've been dealing with uh, people who've been through sexual trauma for you know almost 30 years now um that's not necessarily my specialty it's just when you're in psychiatry that's what you do i mean that's right. what you hear and i've said before and you know we had a um flashback to um Last January, when Jason Lee was here, mm-hmm. um, when he talked about his experience of being traumatized sexually as a child um, through a Boy Scout troop here in sure. town, we had. And if you want to hear that, it's a great interview. Um, so go to Let's Think on it. But I wanted to talk, and that that really that interview I went back and listened to it was from you know the victims' side and, and what it was like, and he gave a gr- just a tremendously open and uh, insightful interview. I mean, mm-hmm. very brave. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to put that. Just so brave. Um, it's been fun to keep up with Jason too. He's a great guy. He's doing really good. Yep. He's. Uh, he, I, I texted him. Uh, I guess a couple of days ago, and he's. Uh, he was out west meeting with some of the uh, like um, at the national level, the Boy Scouts, teaching them about some things. He's working on some things in New York on no. some of the uh, policies that we're, they're working on for 
So he's really taken his experience and turning it towards good for others, which is good. just spectacular. It's great. Um, but that was, like you said, primarily from the victim perspective, yeah. um, which is a very important one to understand, is, but yeah. it's not the only one. It's not the only one. So yeah. I thought, you know, let's, maybe this time let's talk about what, what is going on in the perpetrator right. that we know. I mean, uh, and I don't pretend to know what was going on in Larry Nassar's mind because I've never met him. Sure. But it's a springboard with, with which to talk about the, uh, the perpetrators that, we, that have been studied. And so there's actually been uh, quite a lot of study, as you might imagine, on what causes um, typically men uh, to molest children. Uh, it's not only men. Women do it too, but it's probably like... 90 to 95 percent men um and there's a study i want to re- reference to because uh, you might want to look it up because we're no way we're going to cover this whole topic tonight right. there's a book called um the stop child molestation book pretty basic um gene abel abel md and nora harlow and they did a study long story short uh through the referrals and through this special clinic they had in georgia um ended up studying four thousand uh, pedophiles oh, wow. and and did a lot of testing and, and learned a lot of things about what is it that makes you do what you do so from that we've you know there's been a lot learned there's been other studies um, that's not the only one and there's some resources online that I'll, I'll mention as we go through that you can kind of uh, reference and learn more about and so the average listener out there is thinking well I think I'll go have a beer I don't want to listen to this but let me just say stop and don't go away because this is something the average person comes across without knowing it and can do something about it. And so that's what I want to make sure we get to tonight is that everybody can do something about it. It's going to start with this conversation. Yeah. Um, and so don't go away. Now, I will caution if you are a victim of sexual trauma and uh, are concerned that you may have some symptom triggers by this conversation then then you may not want to listen to this right right um but uh if you're um you know the average listener uh then stop and listen before Uh, that person tunes out if they are that person what should they do if they if they uh, been a victim and they haven't done anything about it to date correct um, who should they reach out to they should certainly reach out to uh, a therapist um physician psychiatrist um it's very difficult uh to share that story but um, there's a lot of healing that takes place in the sharing. Right. And so um, certainly there's a lot of resources for that. Reed and I and Sarah Jane were pretty honest whenever you're on about like, it's, it's one of the few segments where we're actually ourselves and we're not kind of joking around mm-hmm. or playing these yeah. what radio characters that we do. Yeah. Um, I will be honest, it's very easy to be honest with this segment because I have not been a victim of this. And also I am a person who's not a pedophile. So that means I look at when, some, when you hear about someone like, looking at child pornography or abusing a child from my standpoint that's like it makes no sense like you can't wrap your brain around it but this is actually something that people are born with right well so let's yeah so what is a pedophile let's start with you know i like definitions so you know what is well let's start with what is what is child molestation well it's abusing a child inappropriate sexual contact with a minor okay so Yes. In the study that I'm going to be referencing, they had a criteria of 13 years or younger because mm-hmm. it can get a little blurred. Not that it's okay to touch someone who's 14 or 15 or 16, sure. mm-hmm. but um, for terms of the study, it was 13 or younger. Is it de- defines a child. Wow. Molestation mm-hmm. is inappropriately touching. 
sure. sexually yeah. for one uh, or inappropriately touching period of a child yeah. is no matter what the reason is. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What defines a pedophile? I would say someone who is sexually attracted to once again children or minors. You know, um, depending on the the line, but basically one who is sexually uh, you know attracted to or aroused by children. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Someone who's sexually and aroused. The, and to draw the line, it's thirteen and younger, or because I would err on the side of caution of saying a minor, because a minor's you know, 17, mm-hmm. 16, well, and a lot of them are sexually active, so I don't know that that would be... Sure, and of course, age of consent varies from state to state. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, but and I think that's why you start to get into an interesting, you know, period there, because once again, in the state of Alabama, for example, the age of consent is 16. 16. Oh, 16. 16, yeah, yeah. and, okay. in, you know, a lot of times in other states, people think of 18 as the age of consent, so right. you get into a weird area of trying to define when is someone sexually mature and, right. you know, seen as a sexual being with agency and all of that, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but I think we can all agree that when we start talking about numbers like 13 and below, that those are children. Oh, yeah. 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 So a child molester is any older child or adult Mm -hmm. who touches a child for his or her own sexual gratification. Right. The age difference uh, for this study was five years. So if a child touches another child that's five years younger, Mm -hmm. that met the criteria for child molestation. Yeah. Okay? So you're talking about a 12-year-old even with a six- or seven-year-old, for example. Yes. Right. 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 So, um, so that's a child molester. A pedophile is someone who, as Reed mentioned earlier, is sexually aroused or attracted to a child. Right. And if you're, even if you're a child, you can be a pedophile if you're attracted to children that are younger than you. Right. And that's where people are kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, what? And does it usually show up then? So, great question. So, when Thank does you. pedophilia, which is the, the condition we're going to be talking about, pedophilia, when does that show up? Um, and it shows up frequently in childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to clarify, not hmm. all pedophiles are child molesters. Right. And not all child molesters are pedophiles. Okay? Right. So because there might be other reasons, for example, someone molests. Someone a child. Molest. Yeah, right. that's not They're not necessarily about, doing it for right. sexual gratification. Right. Sometimes it's oh, okay. a power I'm thing. Now. I'm okay. Now. okay, so you can molest for other reasons. But of the um, people who've been traumatized or sexually molested, there's a varied uh, range on the numbers. But between eighty and ninety percent of all molestations are by pedophiles. Okay, so there are other reasons. We're going to put that to the side right now. We're going to focus on pedophilia as the primary reason. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you can do something about. Right. These, when you recognize, hey, this person, even at a very young age, when you recognize this person has these kinds of predilections and, and whatnot. Right. Right. So I think okay. we're up to a break. Yeah, let's take a quick All break. Right. When we come back, we'll find out what that is that okay. you can do about it because that's uh, why this segment tonight is so important. We're hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall as we do once a month. And we will continue talking about this on the other side of the break. We're talking about some serious stuff here. Dr. Larry Nasser has been in the news. Of course, he was the official Olympic doctor for the gymnastics team and the National Olympics team, or sorry, the National Gymnastics team for a long time. He has been convicted of molesting over 250 young girls, which is just hard to comprehend. There have been several stories in the news recently here in our state about um, 
you know, people, child pornography and people being arrested for molesting children. So that's what we're talking about. And what we left talking about was if you have these urges or if you if you feel like you have pedophilia or know someone who does, there are things that can be done about this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's think about, I mean, I'm curious from Sarah Jane, is this mm-hmm. the, the news to these guys is not new because we talked about it last week, but the information that pedophilia can be identified in youth is that new news to you that is actually i did i was not aware of that um and i actually wasn't really aware of the definition of pedophilia or child molestation until you just talked about it a few minutes ago so that that's new to me so here's another uh interesting tidbit you may not be aware of the the um incidents or the percent of boys or adult men who have uh, molested a child one in how many numbers one in x have uh, molested a child i would i mean this is a pretty narrow margin but i would say one in five whoa have molested a child one in ten Okay. I don't Sarah know. Jane has very low expectations. <laughs> I don't have very low expectations, okay. but if you look at the definition, yeah. I think that there's, I, I don't know that, I think okay. what I'm saying is that I'm not sure that, if you look at the definition, I'm not sure that it follows suit into adulthood, and so if we're looking oh, at just, the, rare, just mm-hmm. the numbers. Okay, so she's one in five to ten. Read. I, I mean, I would want to say something like one in a hundred, but I feel like that's naive and wishful thinking. Okay. Well, yeah, my very first thought was one in ten, but I'm going to go one okay. in twenty. You read, right? Did you read my paper? No, I didn't. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I, I honestly, will one. Will one. Will one. <laughs> I promise I didn't. One, it's roughly one in twenty. One in twenty. Okay, that yeah. makes me feel better. Yeah. No, it was not a bad guess. Um, and not surprising it came from the female of the group because she probably is I was going to say, I think that's probably an interesting perspective here mm-hmm. when you think about also perception and how safe are, you know, how safe do females feel around men in general? Right. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's really interesting to have this conversation with you guys is that I grew up with my dad as, uh, you know, I, I didn't, my mom wasn't in the, in the, my, my dad raised my sister and I, my best friend of almost uh, 25 years is a guy. Um, and we're still best friends to this day. I actually had lunch with him and his wife on Sunday. And my so my friends growing up were guys. Um, I have I have a select few group of girlfriends, but my my friends are guys. So you have an inherent trust of right men in general. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. yeah. So it is different. It's, mm-hmm. it's it is. I don't know. But I'm not sure. I've got I've got no. a good perspective on. No. So so I do this, trust men. With this knowledge now that um, this attraction yeah. really starts in childhood, it really—if you think about it—we, you know, we've talked on other other shows uh, with you guys about um, the whole development of gender, the development of sexual preference, and how uh, all that is is taking place while the brain's developing right. uh, from birth to age 25. There, there's a lot of development that goes on in the brain, and that development occurs in. An environment, so the environment affects the development, but you have some predisposition, okay, when you're born. Right. That concept's not new to you guys. Hmm. So, um, during early prepubescent and puberty um, is when our brains are trying to figure out what we're attracted to and who we are. And so, uh, sometimes that attraction for a 
and it tends to happen more for boys and girls, and there's a reason for that. I'll go ahead and say the reason is, anybody guess? Uh, testosterone? Bingo. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's the main drive for sexual, yeah. that's the main sexual drive hormone. Women have testosterone too. Yeah. Um, men have more of it. Sarah Jane's looking like, what? I did. <laughs> Which is okay. I'm learning all kinds of new things. Tonight. You didn't know that either, right? No. <laughs> so women have that as well, I just smaller need estrogen levels. And testo- you have mainly estrogen and progesterone, okay. but you also have testosterone. Huh. Yep. But it's at lower levels, and so, but testosterone is yeah. one of the drives of sexual uh, of sexual interest and attraction, libido, and all libido. those kinds yeah, of yeah. things. Yes. So, if you think about a child whose brain is developing, and they start to become attracted to children younger than them and no one has a conversation with them about it because no one wants to talk about these kind of things mm-hmm. then that attraction can continue they become once you the, the more you fantasize or think about what you're attracted to the more it becomes part of your overall attraction as you grow older right hmm. okay so to start with people are thinking okay you told me what I can do about it now tell me so here's what I'm saying for starters first of all learn some of these facts we're talking about and then what you do with that is you begin talking to your children. Conceptualize that if one in 20 men have sexual attraction to children, right, boys or men, then it's possible your child could have that problem in are, their head. And just to be clear on these numbers, are you saying one in 20, I thought earlier you said have acted on that. I did. You're okay. right. Did I, miss, did I just misstate well, that? So, so, I mean, we might give, if we're talking about one in 20, which is also interesting to think about how are those numbers collected, right. but if one in 20 have acted on then that. more than one in 20 have, have, have had the attraction. impulses or exactly. urges or are discovered to have acted on that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very that's good a, point. So that's a, you know, and this is an interesting thing about this because this is the kind of issue that understandably our tendency is to say, well, there's something very wrong with you and this is an evil thing or whatnot and not to minimize and say there's not something very wrong with this but certainly those numbers speak to something that you know that that's much more commonplace yeah. than just like oh my gosh and what a yeah you know, thinking of a 10 yeah. year old as having this struggle puts your brain in a little different place than thinking of larry nasser because what larry nasser yeah. did was horrendous right and he should certainly be in jail for the rest of his life but if you can intervene earlier and prevent that from developing more fully by having a conversation right, earlier right. in a child's life. And redirect that, perhaps. Re- right. Okay. okay. But, you know, There's treatment I think available. There's uh, many children who have that won't go on to de- become an adult pedophile. But that is when you talk to the pedophiles, the adult pedophiles, the 4,000 people they talk to, over 70% of the boys acted on it before the age of like 18. You know what's flashing in my head is Stephen Covey's book, Seven Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I believe is the name of the book. And one of the things in the book it speaks about is delivery affects perception. And so my question to you is, how do you deliver this message to your kid that would not affect the perception where normally as a parent you tell them don't do this well a kid's gonna do it you know like don't touch the stove it's hot you're gonna burn yourself mm-hmm. and then the kid's gonna have this intrigue of touching the stove and they will burn themselves so uh, i guess Great what question. i'm asking the delivery how 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 do you recommend that you deliver Great that to your question, kid sarah jane so i recommend first not delivering a statement 
but inquiring. Just asking them facilitate, questions. Yeah, facilitate hmm. a conversation. What do you think about this? Tell me about. Yeah, you know. talk about make first of all make the relationship comfortable. Okay, as a parent, to ask they can ask anything without being shamed or uh, ridiculed or told there's something wrong with them. Okay, mm-hmm. you have to lay the ground lay the foundation of communicating about things in general, and so then once they get into their prepubescent and puberty years, it's to begin talking to them about you know. Uh, it's normal for children to start thinking about things that arouse them. You start, you know, of course, you want to talk about, you know, the birds and the bees stuff and physical characteristics of men and women and those kind of things right. as you would as a parent. But you also want to go past just the, okay, we talked about the explanation of it and talk right. about what's going on inside you because a lot of times at this age, it's kind of confusing. Right. And so you may have some, and so I'm actually talking as if I'm talking to a child now. It's kind of confusing. So sometimes you may have some some thoughts that come across and you're not sure if this is like, you know, what everyone else is thinking or not. So I just want you to know you can share that stuff with me. You know, I'm here to help you kind of walk through what it is your brain's going through because it's going through a lot of change right now. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you can talk about hormones and say the hormones are going to affect the way you think. And you're going to suddenly feel differently around, uh, you know, whatever it is you're attracted to than you did before. And um, so those that kind of education of the child, not telling them, hey, if you're having this, tell me. It's more of, I'm here. Let's talk about it. And by the and so once you lay the groundwork, then you say, hey, you know, how are things going in that world for you? Yeah. You know, it's awkward. It's difficult. Right. But if you, it's so much what a child needs to learn. I mean, we don't need to learn about our sexuality through magazines and internet. No. We need to learn about it from the people who love us. Right. 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 You know, High communication is just so important with your kids, and that really lays the groundwork for opening discussions about more than just, you know, whether or not they've got tendencies, I guess is the best way to put it, but also to, you know, sexual preferences and making sure that they don't feel uncomfortable about those. And I think that's really important. I, I, you know, I, I agree, and I talk to my children about that all the time. We have not uh, obviously broached this Go ahead. I, well, I just was going to say, I don't think there's any question that difficult things fester in silence and secrecy. <clears throat> there's, you know, there's studies that show that racism, for example, if you don't explicitly talk about racism, then you just assume people won't be racist. Unfortunately, sometimes that's not the way that turns out. Right. Um, you have to actually talk about that yeah. in order to talk. You know, I, I am concerned, though. I wonder. I hear everything you're saying, and I think, yes, that sounds 100% correct. I wonder how realistic it is to expect most people to have these kinds of nuanced conversations in a sensitive way that doesn't further, you know, um, make a child feel, you know, ostracized or like, I mean, how many people are prepared to discover that their child is a burgeoning pedophile and then to deal with that correctly? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think that, uh, first of all, educating yourself and I've got also some resources people can look up online to educate about this condition so that you don't when you think pedophile obviously Larry Nasser can come to mind Mm -hmm. but that is not the definition of a pedophile he has a lot of other things going on sociopath being part of it okay that okay that was my that was one thing I was not all pedophiles turn into you know Larry Nasper some pedophiles never act on this attraction they just live in silence and and don't act on it right so it's a matter of just having 
open conversation with your child about who they are as a person. You don't know what you're going to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important. They, at this age, at, at 8, 9, 10, 11, they want your help and guidance <coughs> in life. Right. And so their sexuality is something that's very important for you to help them un, uh, uncover and figure out. And to be clear, what you're saying is not that like, hey, just discover that your child is a pedophile, but rather to say, hey, there are these tendencies and there's something positive that can be done to kind of redirect and get back on a healthier path that's not going to victimize someone down the oh, road. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right. I mean, every child that reports being attracted to another child is not is not going to turn into an adult pedophile. Right. Okay. But helping, if you don't know that they're struggling with that attraction, right. then you can't help that process. Um, and once again, what we're looking for is something like a five-year span, which one thing is comforting is apparently there are no pedophiles who are five years old or younger, right? That's this, what I'm taking it, from this. Apparently, the, de- the definition does not allow There that. are no three-year-old <laughs> pedophiles, so at least we can we feel safe around yeah. them. <laughs> but the point is, when you start to recognize, hey, if, if my 10-year-old seems to be interested in five-year-olds for example yeah. that's the time to start frequently thinking. you'll find that they're okay. hanging around younger children right um, now again that don't run out and think your child's a pedophile just because sure. they're hanging out with younger children but yeah. listen to what you're seeing you know yeah. it's and and change your conception of what pedophilia is not again the adult larry nasser you can keep your opinion on that person sure. yeah. change your opinion on the development of of the condition. This is a, a diagnosable condition that has treatment, both psychotherapeutic and medication, if it's something that they're struggling with and, and is persistent over time. Um, again, think of the child's sexual development as a state of fluidness. They move in and out of a lot of different places. They don't even know what their identity is from a gender standpoint and who they're attracted to until they finish this phase, which is in their late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. So this, think of this as a developmental path, okay? And I would not say, okay, I'm going to label this 10-year-old a pedophile just because they told me sure. he's attracted to younger children. But what I would say is if your 10-year-old, you find out they're attracted to younger children, that's important information for you to continue guiding the development of your child. Is there a place that, that children that are old enough to communicate um, – outside of their parents' influence, if they are struggling with something like this, is there a place that they can call? For pedophilia, I'm going to give out some resources, okay, for parents and, uh, and children. Uh-huh. Um, so there's uh, Darkness to Light. Uh, it's www.d2l.org, Darkness to Light. There's um, the uh, www.stopitnow.org. And that is, again, this is about prevention of child molestation and education about it. And there's a lot of resources on that website, okay? And there's resources including therapists to go talk to, okay, if you're having a struggle. Or if you're a parent and you don't know what to do with something you know about your child, there's therapists you can go talk to to say, well, is this something I should be concerned about or not? Um, And then there's another one, the Assessment for Treatment of Sexual Abusers, www.atsa.com. So there's resources for people, and these they have a lot of things on these websites um, for a list of other resources that you can you know look into. I think the the basic thing I want to get across today is let's have this conversation. And Larry Nasser's 
horrible actions are an avenue because yeah. now people are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we've got people's attention. Uh, this didn't happen by accident. Okay, this happens. This it was happens. a. It was a. It spun off the whole Me Too move, movement. Well, or, it, or, I think right? I think there's a, a commonality that there's a yeah. lot of the, the victims are gaining a lot of, a voice right now. Um, mm-hmm. Sexual trauma, uh, non-sexual, non-childhood sexual trauma um, is gaining a voice. The Me Too movement, and now with Larry Nassar, the child victim are, are gaining some voice. Um, but it's uh, it's important to talk about. And yes, it's difficult. And no, we're not all going to get it right. But we can't avoid it just because we don't know what to say. Right. That's that's an indication we need to talk about it more until yeah. we figure out what to say. You know, I, as you know, worked for 11 years in the sexual assault prevention field. Um, that's an issue around which there is much stigma. It doesn't even start to approach the stigmatization around this kind of issue that we talk about. And and I think that conversation is very important. Um, and, and I do think it's going to be very difficult to flip that switch and to get people, once again, to be able to to approach this, especially when you talk about your child and trying to trying to acknowledge perhaps my child has something that is, once again, so stigmatized in our society. We do such a terrible job of, of approaching and talking about, yeah. you know, sexual education. I read a long article last night about, you know, all of the unhealthy things that young boys especially learn about, you know, sexual interaction from pornography because there's just a, a huge you know, gaping hole in our society where it's not being discussed in a productive and healthy way. And so people wind up going to these unhealthy messages for guidance on how to interact. Uh, There's a lot of work to be done in these areas. But I think things like, I mean, when things like the the gymnastics Mm -hmm. situation occurs and gets so much um, public awareness, I think that's, that's when, that's when waves of change can occur. Right. Um, and so there's a critical mass of conversation about it. And so I think just having this difficult conversation is very important. You know, As, I'm sorry. Uh, you know the, there's just one thing I want to say. Um, you know, the last thing I want to say about this topic um, before we sign off or whatever. But, um, you know, the biggest thing to me is that, you know, so many times I've seen where um, the uh I, I don't know perpetrator is the right word mm-hmm. um but the guy the the person caught that's perpetrator i think perpetrator, you, mm-hmm. you know you want mon- you monstratize them yeah. you like you turn them into a monster and i just want to encourage anyone to err on the side of caution because these people are sick there's something wrong with them there's something that needs to be done and I'm not defending their actions by any means. Um, I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm just a sensitive person. And I, I think that these people are people too. And sometimes they may not have any control over that. And I don't know any perpetrators personally. I'm just saying that, you know, it sounds to me like after this conversation, there is actually something wrong with them. And I just see so many times where they're turned into a monster, whereas if, they got help maybe they didn't ever act on the outside of you know four walls again that you know it's still they're not a monster they're 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 still a person at the end of the day and that's the only i I don't know why i just felt yeah well there's a wide range of of how um people behave and how this this one condition is expressed and some are you know to more extremes than others and so there's a lot of different categories so yeah i think you have to 
understand the condition. So. Yeah. So we are sadly at well, the end of this segment. Um, I do want to clear this up really quickly. So you suggest that parents, whether they have seen something or not, plan a time to have a talk with their children about this issue. I think that parents should create a relationship with their child such that sexuality can be discussed yep. and whatever comes out of that conversation. I don't think you go in with a preconceived notion of, I'm going to tell my child this. The notion is, I'm going to go into a conversation with my child and learn what my child's thinking. That's the goal, right. to learn what they're thinking. And what age do you uh, recommend? To learn what they're thinking? Well, no, but to generally start having, your talk, having talks with your children varies, about this type of stuff. It varies by child. Okay. Um, some children enter into that sooner than others, which is why you have to keep an ongoing conversation about you know what's going on. Now, it's, it's weird, it's awkward, you feel like I'm giving your child information, but honestly, how many of you were told by your parents about sexuality before you actually knew something about it? Uh, mm. I wasn't. I don't. I, I mean, that's one had, thing about this I is that. Sixth grade. Yeah. I mean, I awkwardly went to my mom. Was like, "What does this mean? How do you do that with this okay. and the what?" And she's like, "Huh?" So, so she didn't tell you before you found something out about it. That's my point. Oh, that's is a that, good point. That's yeah, a good point. Yeah, yeah. You're normally finding, you, you say go, something to normally the you parent. say something to them. Mm-hmm. So just be open and and when someone says that, great opportunity. Well, interesting. You should ask that. Let's just have a little conversation. What's on your mind? Yeah. It's a great, lead, great segue to when to ask. There when you they, go. From when they start asking. Yep. Dr. Mark Westfall, you can catch this and all the segments that we do under the podcast, Let's Think On It. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio in Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers. <laughs>